Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hi, loves. We are at episode 98. Missing him isn't a problem. First of all, missing him is a thought. I miss him is a thought or her. I use the pronoun him in the title of this podcast, Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better. It's also the same title as my course, Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better. Head on over to Claire the Heartbreak Coach. If you want lifetime access to a course that I birthed into the world not too long ago, just, just about a month and a half ago, I birthed it into the world, put all my blood, sweat, and tears into it. And let me tell you, students are already having mind-blowing results and really see the difference. Someone just said to me, oh, I love your podcast. I thought I could get what I needed from it. But whoa, your course is next level. I really see what you mean in the value of learning the mindset tools that you talk about and understanding the traps that we fall into that would make us not yield ourselves the results. So for sure, head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com. Click on the course. You also have an option to work with me one-on-one in my six-month one-on-one coaching program. So you can check that out as well. But I use the pronoun him because of my own experience as a straight woman who's moved through a fuck ton of heartbreak with men and ultimately created a formula to deliberately call in the man of her dreams. I can't, every day, I'm just, I do thought work every day and I always revel in the gratitude of him in my life. And I encourage you to think about when you're in the result of having found your person, how you would feel and tap into that feeling as much as possible. And sooner than later, you'll call in that lover in. Easy peasy. (laughs) I know we make it so much more complicated, but if you want to make it less complicated and understand how you get in your own way, for sure, check out my course. And again, don't let the pronoun him deter you. I'm guessing it doesn't if him doesn't apply with who you are looking to call into your life or him doesn't apply with who you're trying to get over because if you're listening to this podcast, but if you know of someone who might be deterred by my pronoun him, I understand that this heartbreak finding love journey is a universal lesson and I think it applies to every race, gender, religion, and sexual orientation. Okay. On to this topic. Missing him isn't a problem. Missing him is a thought. And then when you're thinking missing him is a problem, it's a thought about a thought. So then you're just like in a thought fuck. (laughs) I just made that up. You're in a thought fuck instead of a mind fuck. You're just entangled with believing you miss him and you're entangled with believing missing him is a problem. Now, number one, yes, missing him is a thought. But it could very viscerally feel true and create a lot of emotional pain. My question is, why is that a problem? 
when we're heartbroken, it fucking sucks. It's the worst emotional pain. It's why I do what I do. I felt that there was a huge void missing in this heartbreak dating relationship arena. I was looking for, if I say so myself, I'm doing a little hair flip here, a me to guide me, to show me that I'm not alone, to show me that I'm not crazy, to show me that not only can I heal, and here's exactly how to do it, that I really will thrive. I was so sick of people saying, dodged a bullet. Oh, you're going to come out on top. Okay, how the fuck do I do that? And dodging a bullet didn't help me, even though he was a narcissistic, sociopath, psycho, crazy douchebag. It didn't serve me because I was in love with that motherfucker. I couldn't explain it. I couldn't justify it. I felt a fuck ton of shame about it, but so it was. Show me the way. Someone out there, please show me the way. It was exactly 10 years ago. I'm coming up on 40, my 40th birthday in a couple of weeks, you guys. This all exploded exactly 10 years ago. I canceled my 30th birthday party when I first discovered he was cheating on me, moved out of the apartment. My dad came in to New York City in a snowstorm And yet he sucked me back in multiple times. My family thought I was losing it. My friends thought I was losing it. Guys, I was fucking losing it. I wanted him back. I missed him. I missed him. I missed him. And the only way to solve that in my very unmanaged mind at the time was to just, oh my God, he he wants me back. So I'll, I'll go back. And I just begged him to make his wrongs right. And then there were just more wrongs revealed over and over and over again. And I kept pointing them out. And I kept saying, what the fuck? I kept saying, make this make sense. And then I would break up with him. And I would hide at a dear friend's apartment because I couldn't even face my parents up in Westchester where they had lived, where I grew up for the most part. And I couldn't face them because I had so much shame. I was so stuck. I couldn't live with or without him. You're welcome for that YouTube reference. I just missed him. But I don't look back on that now and think, oh, that was such a problem that I missed him. Cut to just three and a half years ago, my very last heartbreak. I missed him for almost a year. Reflecting back now, I think he totally sucked as a boyfriend. It was written all over him on day one that he was unavailable. But I missed him. He was still the best guy at that point who I had ever dated. He didn't maliciously try to be a douchebag. He was just unavailable on the inside and out. And I missed him. I missed our connection. I missed our chemistry. I missed his smell. He used to always tell me how much he missed, like loved my smell. And we had a great intellectual connection. I knew he, I think the biggest thing, and he called me out on this when he broke up with me, the biggest reason why I think I was so pulled towards him was because he was just a kind guy and I knew he wasn't a player. I knew he had the same morals and values. I knew he wasn't cheating on me. I knew he was exclusively dating me. And I felt like that, it was like, I just was totally settling for the fact of like, oh, but he's loyal and he's monogamous. (laughs) Like then I should just stay. But I missed him for almost a year and we dated for like three and a half months because he was in my brain. I had a thought that he was the best guy I ever had met. Now, three and a half years later, I'm like, oh my God, thank God he broke up with me. You know what else he told me on the night he broke up with me? There is definitely someone that's a much better fit for you. And there's someone out there who's a much better fit for me. God bless the girl who ends up with him. Sorry, have to say it because I mean, 
I really hope that that guy has done a fuck ton of therapy before he calls in the next chick. But uh, for sure, there was a person who was a much better fit for me, 1000%. And I found him through this coaching work, through looking at my thoughts, through healing my past and healing my relationship with myself. That last boyfriend, he brought up a lot of not enough triggers for me. I was still a personal assistant, also auditioning, also building my coaching business. I was in my mid-30s. He was an Ivy League graduate, and he definitely looked down upon where I was at career-wise, and I was super insecure about that. And his his breaking up with me inspired me to just double down on my self-coaching, double down on investing in coaching, and really creating the life that I wanted, not for a guy to approve of it, for me to approve of it. I wanted better for myself. I was living with a roommate at the time. I hated that I was living with a roommate. I wanted my own adult space. I wanted a thriving business. I wanted to feel solid in my own right. And so we're always going to keep attracting partners who reflect back our insecurities until we heal those. But I missed the motherfucker. He was a bit of a motherfucker. (laughs) I missed him. And I totally remember thinking, I hate that I'm missing him. Like it's some problem. But what if we just looked at it like it isn't a problem? What if we just look at missing someone as part of the healing process? You wouldn't be signing up for the course if you weren't missing the person. You wouldn't be applying for my one-on-one. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you weren't missing the person. It doesn't have to make sense. It's okay if you're missing a douchebag because there were fond memories oxytocin was released and your brain is like craving that drug. It's okay. And it's uncomfortable and it hurts and it distracts you from life. But why does that have to be a problem? What if you were much more compassionate and said to yourself, it's okay that I miss him right now. It doesn't have to make sense. Those are thoughts that could be so much more kind to yourself and serve you. And ironically, when you give yourself permission to miss the person, what do you think the result is going to be? You're probably going to stop missing them. Truly. It's okay that I miss him. He sucked. But you know what? There were moments where I felt I have never been more loved or adored. I just loved our chemistry. I loved our fun. I loved the way he held me. I loved just looking forward to seeing him at the end of the day. I loved the little acts of service that he demonstrated for me, the sweet texts that he sent. Didn't love that he was cheating. Didn't love that he was lying. Didn't love that he was gaslighting. Didn't love the push-pull, hot-cold behavior. But on those high, high highs of the hot behavior, oh, that's what I miss. Okay. Who cares? You only care because you want out of the negative emotion. I get it. But you can circle on back to a recent episode I did. We'll put the link in the show notes. More pain to cure pain. Are you willing to lean in? Are you willing to look at how it's okay that you miss him? And then maybe another moment passes where you're like, oh, I miss him. And you're in a headspace to ask yourself the question, how is it true that I don't miss him? Perhaps for all those reasons I just listed off, hot, cold behavior, gaslighting, lying, cheating, manipulating. Or you realize that you put him on this pedestal, but like he wasn't that great. Like the last guy who I dated, I'm guessing he would never be listening to my podcast now. We're three and a half years out because I 
I don't think he's a bad person, but like, I really put him on this pedestal of shitting gold. But just when I think about what I have with Larry now and just the automatic physical attraction that I feel towards him, and that's a whole other episode. I'm not saying you have to feel this automatic physical attraction to your partner because I know attraction can grow and build. I know chemistry can grow and build. And I've experienced that. I actually experienced that with that last guy. But I kind of feel like I settled in a way. I there were there were parts of him that I didn't think were that great. He wasn't that kind to me when I was going through some vulnerable things. He made it about him a lot. The relationship was very much about him, his work schedule. He was like a germaphobe and like there was this whole thing that happened. I, I, there were just all these things. It was just like me 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 me. Yes, he asked me how I was and wanted to know about my day. He was intrigued that I was a life coach, but the relationship revolved around him. And he even said it. And I let that happen because of my not enough thoughts. I attracted him because of my not enough thoughts. Like he was the catch in my brain. But when I look back, no, he wasn't. Now, easy to do with three and a half years between us and I have now in my mind, the dreamiest person on the planet on the inside and out. I love having that thought about him. It's easy to say that, but my work, and let me tell you guys something. I did so much thought work on that last guy. I was shooting a movie in Alabama and I was already a coach and I was just starting Brooke Castillo's self-coaching scholars and really studying her thought model in depth. And I was doing Byron Katie's work in depth. I I got a new book uh, by Byron Katie at the time. It was new. It was called A Mind at Home with Itself. It wasn't actually my favorite. I would highly recommend Loving What Is by Byron Katie. That's that's my go-to staple. But I was just so immersed and ready to show up and look at the nitty gritty, ready to show up and look at, I miss him. I want him back. He didn't want me. By the way, I address these thoughts like, I want him back. He doesn't want me. I show you how to heal those thoughts in the course, in the stop wanting him back section of the course. There are four sections. There's so much content. Ah, It's amazing. It's gold. You got to check it out. Now, I want to talk about when missing him might be a problem. (laughs) Now that I've opened up your minds to be more compassionate about yourselves about missing him, and then maybe you're in a headspace to ask yourself how it's true that you're not missing him, and you can remember all the things that weren't working in order to keep you on track with being committed to the result of not wanting him back, but also part of the process, which seems very counterintuitive and very contradictory, is allowing yourself to have compassion when those automatic thoughts of longing and missing for him or her come up. But because thoughts are thoughts and there's always different situations and what I love so much about coaching and especially being in a group coaching setting with my business coach is that the coaching she'll give me on a circumstance will very much be different for the coaching she'll give another coach with the same circumstance. But based on her personal growth work or where she is at in her business, it will be different and that that's okay. So I want to offer when I think missing him could be a problem. I was inspired to do this whole episode because of one of my clients 
baller client who isn't of my clients. Love them madly. And she's super smart. Speaking of Ivy Leagues, she's an Ivy Leaguer too. So impressed by her brain. So impressed by her accomplishments at such a young age. I just look at some of my clients and I'm like, oh my God, you would never have liked me when I was your age, if we were the same age at the same time. I was such a train wreck, but I love that I can laugh about it now. She has been working with me now for three months. She came to me after listening to the podcast for a year and finally said, okay, if I get my heart broken by this guy, I'm calling Claire the Heartbreak Coach. And that is what she did. Her application blew me out of the water. So if you're listening and you're considering applying to my six-month one-on-one coaching program, I... I'm not interested in anyone who applies just because they have a chunk of change in their pocket that they're interested in investing. I read the applications and decide if you are a right fit. And sometimes I'm not sure, so I'll get on a consultation call with you, but I'm not interested in your money. Yes, I charge a pretty penny because I think it's worth the result that you're going to create. I think it it encourages my my clients to not fuck around and really put their money where their mouth is. I believe in the value, but I don't charge it just so I can stuff a bunch of money into my pocket. I charge it because it's a serious price to pay for a serious result that I, th- I don't think is a six-month investment. I think it's a lifelong investment. I don't say yes to every single person who applies. So when I say her application was unbelievable, it was so articulate. It was so self-aware. She was very receptive to the way that I work. I have a question in my application. Why do you think Claire is the right fit for you? And people just love to tell me their drama in that question. It's fascinating to me. Why is Claire the right coach for you? And they're like, because this is what happened to me. And I get it. People want to work with me because they think I understand their pain or I can relate to their drama. But there's lots of heartbreak coaches out there. There's lots of finding love coaches out there. Why am I the right fit for you? Because you guys know I'm a sassy pants. I'm a fiery Irish coach. I tell it like it is. I'm tough love. We're going to have a lot of fun, but there's also going to be a lot of tears and there's no bullshit. And I check in with my clients. I'm like, why do you still want to do this work if you're not showing up or you're not doing the homework or you're not self-coaching? I'm not interested in keeping your money. I'm interested in you creating the result. So this is serious work. And it's the same for getting into my coach's next level mastermind. I'm part of the first inaugural group for Stacy's next level mastermind group. We're one of 12 coaches. I am so honored. I'm also freaking out, shitting my pants a little bit <laughs> because it's just next level growth and there's less handholding. Stacy really doesn't hold my hand anyway. That was part of the application is why are you the right fit for this this mastermind? And I'm like, I really can hold my own hand for the most part. I just, there's things that I don't know that obviously I want to learn and I want to apply, but I don't need her to hold my hand at this level. For sure, I hold more hands in the six-month one-on-one coaching program because you're brand new to the work. But because I've been working with Stacy for so long, I have a client who I've been working with for almost four years. I don't hold her hand as much the way I would a brand new client who's not familiar with the work. But it was clear to me that this client was just jiving with my approach and had done a lot of work on herself, but still felt really stuck and was really upset about a guy who recently broke her heart. And here we are three months in. She has dredged up a lot of pain. We really came to a place, or I should say, I showed her how 
she had thought that they broke up for a particular reason. And ultimately I told her, nope, the only reason why you guys broke up is because he is a douchebag. He held something against her. I don't want to get into the nitty gritty. Doesn't matter. He held something against her that was out of her control and ultimately broke up with her because of it. And she was shaming and blaming herself. So right away, that first session, I was like, he didn't break up with you because of that. He broke up with you because he is a douchebag. <laughs> now, I know that that's like, uh, you. some of you listening might be like, oh, geez, you know, is that the most professional <laughs> opinion or angle to take? I think so. I think... You know, as a coach, I don't really like to get into the pool with my clients and indulge their drama, but she had such low-level thoughts about herself, and she was in such a shame and blame spiral over a guy who did not deserve it. And, you know, when someone's coming to me and they're just like, he's this and he's that and he did this to me, and she's so mired in her victim story, I would never say that. But I think it really served my client to hear, that's that's fucking douchey what he pulled and I don't know where you're going to be in six months. I, I really believe you can heal your heart and call in the love of your life in six months. But I have a whole video in my course about how long it takes for each result. And it's going to be different for everybody. But what I did guarantee her is that at the end of our six months together, if we don't re-up 100% in six months, you are going to be attracting much higher caliber dudes because we have got so much healing to do on your thoughts about you and how your brain automatically went to shaming and blaming yourself about something you had no control over because he rejected you for it instead of you being like, oh, Thank you, sir, for showing me who the fuck you are. Thank God I now know this because I would never want a man like you to be the father of my children, let alone the father of my daughter, to talk to me like that and to treat me like that. Fuck off. I just did like a little flip off with my hand. Like, boy, bye to you. Thank you for showing me who you are so I don't waste an iota of my time, energy, and heart on a low-life douchebag that would treat a woman like that. That's where I want her to be. I'm not encouraging my clients to have these angry chips on their shoulders and fuck men and fuck you. But this girl is so sweet and so kind and so open-hearted and her desire for love and to share this amazing life that she's cultivated for herself with someone, it got desperate. Let's be real. It got She was so desperate for it that she abandoned her own value and let his opinion of her take over. So that is why I think this coaching work is so important because she came to me on day one and just said, you know, I've been doing all this work on myself and I moved to this new city and I had a new job and I was feeling really good and I was moving and shaking and here I am again. Moving to a city and having a new job and thinking you're doing the work on yourself, you know, those things can help and can be inspiring. But at the end of the day, if you are not clean on your past relationships, if you are not clean on your own relationship with you and your value, you will continue to keep attracting these douchebags. So we did a fuck ton of cleaning up. She really had come a long way. We started moving into the fall in love with you section. So four sections in my course. And I, I really guide my clients in the same way. You've got except when clients come to me who are just looking for love, but we'll still clean up the past 
because the single people who are coming to me looking for love are so frustrated and they always have unhealed shit from their past and limiting beliefs about men or women based on their past experience. So we always have cleaning up to do on the past, even if they're not directly heartbroken coming to me. And there's usually a heartbreaking story about themselves that they need to uncover that they might not even realize that they're consciously carrying. With this client, let's call her Sam. She really had done so much cleaning up in the stop wanting him back section. And then we were moving into the fall in love with you section, which is the most crucial section, I believe, in the course before we transition into the find someone better section. And at one point, right before the holidays, I was like, I kind of feel like you have one foot in the stop wanting him back section and one foot in the find someone better section. And she was like, yeah. She was like, is that okay? I'm like, it's totally okay. I I don't want to spend too much time on the fall in love with you section, but it is really a time to not date others, to not be on the apps, to not engage with any exes, to not engage with any casual hookup, to not be looking for love, only looking for love with yourself. And again, we get into the nitty gritty on all of that in the course. And she took herself on a lovely sunny vacay over the holidays. And so for our first session this year, I said, you know, where are you at? If I said to you, okay, it's time to date, what would your automatic thoughts be? And she was like, oh, I I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready yet. You know, I know I'm going to be thinking thoughts like the other shoe is going to drop. I thought it was fascinating that how, and I've done this too, she anticipated that she was going to have the same thoughts and was completely neglecting are three months of work because her brain automatically is just associating dating with pain because that's all she's known. So this is very normal. And I said to her, but you've been doing all this work on yourself. And again, she said, but I've done work on myself before and put myself out there. And I was like, but you haven't done the coaching work. And I think it's fascinating that you're telling me what your brain is going to think instead of recognizing your thoughts create your results. Now, I also kind of agree with her. <laughs> it probably will wait for the other shoe to drop. My my brain has waited for the other shoe to drop. And I've been doing this work for years. And it, it has totally waited for the other shoe to drop with Larry, love of my life, because we've had trauma. We've had trauma in our past. But when we're anticipating pain in our dating lives and thinking that's too scary to feel and forgetting that we have tools to move through it, we're just going to stay coasting in a little safe, small space of not putting ourselves out there. And so I said, yeah, so what? You will. I think anybody who's experienced trauma in their dating lives or just a fuck ton of pain in their, their dating lives even after doing the healing and they put themselves out there again, they're going to be scared. Is fear worth putting yourself out there again to practice the tools that you now have in your pocket and knowing that you have a coach in your corner to navigate you through it? And she said, well, yes, yes, yes. And so my next question to her was, have you been thinking about, let's call him John? And she goes, Yes, I need to be honest. Like, I've been missing him. And I don't know if it's an excuse because it was the holidays or the pandemic. And I'm like, I actually think those are valid excuses. I remember just feeling extra sad and lonely over the holidays when, especially when I was heartbroken. And sometimes flying back to Charlotte, where my parents have now retired to, when I head back over the last 10 years, I've never had anybody with me. And so there have been moments where it's like, oh, 
I would really like to be bringing someone special home. Or I really hope this is the last Christmas. Hope. I get into the word hope in my course as well. I don't believe in hope. We only hope for good weather. You don't have to hope for the love of your life to enter. You create him or her with your brain. And again, I show you exactly how to do that in my course. How many times do I need to pitch my course? Many times because I don't pay for advertising for my podcast. I pay for my podcast and I advertise myself. So there you go. So she admitted to missing him and then she said, but is it a problem? Is that a problem? And so I offered her what my coach once offered me. I I had asked my coach if a goal that I was setting was too ambitious. And she said, when you ask me that, really your thought is it's too ambitious. And so I said the same to her. If you're asking me if it's a problem that you're missing him, you think it's a problem. How is it true that it's not a problem? We've already unpacked that. But then I said to her, it's only a problem if you're going out and dating while missing him and looking for that person to fill your void. Missing him is only a problem if then you're going out to date someone hoping to fill the void, hoping to cover over the pain. But what if it could be a little bit of both? What if you've done a fuck ton of healing and you see that your thoughts create your results? You fully see, oh, wait, he was a douchebag. The problem wasn't me. The problem was him. And the other problem was me thinking I was the problem when he judged me and rejected me for something that was out of my control and was a total douchebag about it. And I didn't see it until Claire showed me that. That's my work. And so that's all the cleaning up we did. And here we are halfway through the coaching. And I'm like, I think it would be interesting to see where you're at and to start dating again and create a baller profile, which I also have to teach you how to do in the course and get really clear on who your person is. I also teach you how to do that in the course and show up thinking, feeling, and behaving like he or she is here. But I think it's very human to miss the last person that we were with and miss those good times, long for the comfort long for the smell, long for the affection, long for the company, long for the warm body in the bed. It's totally human, totally normal. But for the most part, you've done the healing that you know he or she is not your person. I also really checked my client here and I said, well, if he showed up at your door, would you take him back? And she said, it really depends on what he would say. If he said, I recognize what I did was so horrific. I've been in therapy and all the things. But she's like, I can't imagine that he changed or realizes that what he pulled was really fucked up. So really and truly in my heart of hearts, I know there's really nothing that he can say or do that he's capable of saying or doing that I would take him back at this point in time. Okay. So sounds to me like you're ready to date. But if you were like, I just want him back. I can't stop thinking about him. I wouldn't even think it's a problem if we had been coaching for three months and she still missed him. I've been coaching someone for almost six months. Same week, a different client had a problem with the fact that she was missing someone who ultimately was cheating on her the whole time. And she's like, but Claire, I don't know if I'm missing him or if I'm missing the idea of him. And I offered her, it doesn't matter. Who cares if you're missing him or the idea of him? He is the face of what you are missing. And when we ask ourselves that question, am I missing him or am I just missing the idea of him? We're just indulging unnecessary confusion. I mean, I guess a therapist or a psychiatrist could say it's definitely the idea of him. Like, you know, this isn't about him. I remember a therapist saying to me, this isn't about, let's call him John. 
this isn't about John. This is about, you know, stuff from your past that has been unhealed and he's just the face of it, but you think it's him. But it doesn't really matter. What matters is what do you make out of missing him? You can have compassion for yourself and then you can start to self-coach and redirect your brain to remember that you don't really miss him. Or you're just like, yeah, I miss him. I miss this part of it. I miss this part of our relationship. You get to choose. I know some of you might be listening right now and being like, I'm so confused. You're telling me it's okay to miss him, but then you're also saying I need to ask myself how it's true that I don't miss him. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. This is the beauty of self-coaching. Healing hearts is not a linear process. Finding love is not a linear process. Sometimes you're going to think finding love is easy. Sometimes you're going to think it's really fucking hard. And you've got to check your brain. Are you in a place to self-coach and expand your brain? Or is your brain just so rigidly attaching to dating is hard, everyone's going to fuck me over, or all I want is him back. I miss him, I miss him, I miss him. And can you just be kind to yourself for having these thoughts no matter what? That is the work. So I will keep you posted on this client who's openly admitting that she is missing her douchey ex. She was having those moments, understandably so. And yet she knows if he was to come back, she just can't even imagine him having the ability to be the man that she now sees she's worthy and deserving of. And the only way she's going to get better at calling in a more up-leveled human is if she starts to get herself out there while still having pockets of missing her ex, but not needing him to be her person anymore. So if you are missing your ex right now, can you just breathe through it, put your hand on your heart, be kind to yourself, understand it's totally okay, it's totally normal, and maybe ask yourself, but how is it true that I don't? What's really my truth? What kind of partnership do I really want? And start doing the work on believing if it's possible for you. I think we long for the last person, even if they sucked for the most part or they left us, is that we think that's the best we're going to get. But what if there was better out there? One thing that I have to say, I'm now almost 40. I'm going to be 40 in a couple of weeks. And my rock bottom heartbreak, you can check out my heartbreak story episode five, I had to think about that. I always talk about episode five and I blanked there. It was exactly 10 years ago when all of this drama and pain unfolded. And one thing that I have to say was that I kept showing up just like this client who's like, but I've been doing the work on myself. So how do I know that this is going to be different? Yeah. I was doing the work on myself pre that rock bottom X. So from like 28 up until now, and I didn't call in the love of my life until almost just less than a year and a half ago. But I had to keep showing up and finding the tools and learning the tools that I ultimately created a system for myself because there was nothing else out there that was working for me. So I created a formula with these thought work tools and a system in a very organized way. And I will definitely say every time I showed up for the healing, which I always did, I always attracted a better guy than the last guy. There was always an upgrade happening, even if he wasn't my person. And I remember Larry and I went through a rough patch, a growth challenge for sure in our relationship early on as we were trying to navigate, you know, what was going on with the other person. And we were both freaking out that the other person wasn't as into us. Like he thought I was pulling back and I thought he was pulling back. 
And I remember talking to one of my closest friends about it. And she was like, well, you've got to like figure out what's going on. So we were reacting off of that. So then he did kind of pull back and I pulled back. And finally, we had a come to Jesus conversation and said, no, I actually really like you. And I'm totally freaked out. And it was a beautiful conversation that brought us closer. But I remember thinking, even when I was terrified that this guy might not be as into me because I thought he shit gold. (laughs) I still do. And... I remember my best friend saying to me, you've done so much work on yourself. This is like definitely the best guy, right? And you thought the last guy was the best guy. So can you imagine if this doesn't work out who the next guy would be? I'm like, oh my God, I still can't imagine that now. But if it didn't work out, I would 100% believe that there was yet another upgrade out there. It's all a choice. It's all thoughts. But I'm going to always up-level my thoughts based on a circumstance. So if the circumstance was that Larry left me, I would be devastated and I would miss him for a really long time. But I also know my thoughts create my results. So if I wanted to continue my life sharing it with someone and having crazy, amazing love with someone, I would again redirect my thoughts and manage my thoughts where I was missing him and manage my thoughts about myself. You always have the power. I always have the power in how I want my life to go. That is the beauty of this work. That doesn't mean I control who stays and who goes, but I control how I show up. I control my thoughts about me. I control my thoughts about people leaving me. I control my thoughts to create the result of who comes into my life. Not just my lover, but also my clients and my students and my friends. You have the power. And so if you're missing him, you can beat yourself up, judge it, create a problem, or you can self-coach on it. But just make sure when you're out there looking for love, the only time it will be a problem that you're missing him in a very deep, distracting way, don't expect to call in the right person to repair that pain for you. It never, never works. So much love, my loves. Until next time. Bye. My love. Are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after. 